Hello, and welcome to Food with Mark Bittman. I'm Kate Bittman, and we're very glad you're here. If you have feedback, you can email us at food at markbittman.com, and we'll be sure to answer. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Enjoy the episode. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. I have never been to Nassim Alikani's Brooklyn-based restaurant, Sofre, which is both a neighborhood staple and a dining destination. It's one of those prized restaurants that's really hard to get a table at and I'm guessing from the looks of her new cookbook, also called Sofre, and from the passion that she displays when she talks about food, and her native Iranian food especially, that it's delicious. And I'm really excited to try it soon. Nasim has been cooking all her life, beginning early on alongside her mother in their home in central Iran. She didn't set out to be a chef, though. She studied law in college and casually cooked for her classmates. 
Her dream was to be a judge. Not surprisingly, in the 1980s, after the new regime took over in Iran, Nassim's plans changed. Women's roles were diminished. Textbooks were purged. Nassim's mother was forced to retire because she wouldn't conform. And all universities were closed. And certainly women were not allowed to be judges anymore. Nassim had friends who were executed and imprisoned. She made the decision to leave Iran and come to America. I'm going to fast forward to 2018 here so that we can move along to the interview. As a woman in her late 50s, Nassim did the unthinkable. She opened a restaurant, a restaurant that has since been named one of the top 10 best of the year by the New York Times, a restaurant that got Nassim nominated for a James Beard Award for Best Chef. You can see why we were so glad to have Nassim on. Her story is unique and like her food, layered. You'll see what I mean by that. And we had a really great time talking with her in all of her candid glory. Here we go. Nassim, thank you so much for joining us. So we're here to talk about your new book, Sofra, which I should say the subtitle is A Contemporary Approach to Classic Persian Cuisine. And it's named after your restaurant, Sofra, which, am I saying it right? Sofre? Sofre, yeah. Sofre, okay. (laughs) So you said something about Iranian food taking a long time to cook. And I went to my friend Nick's house for dinner. This was a couple months ago. And his girlfriend was making Iranian food for us. And she kept apologizing for how long it took. (laughs) And... (laughs) We, of course, were like, it smells delicious. We're thrilled. We're sitting here drinking wine. We're fine. And, of course, the food was incredible. But I'm curious about how this sort of slow cook makes Iranian food special and different from other cuisines. That is a really good question. Yes, Iranian, not just Iranian food, all the slow cooking food, they take time. And if you, I say it in one chapter in the book, in the introduction, that this kind of cuisine came about as medicine very early on. It's, I'm not scientific, but the, all the studies and everything I read that the, the chefs of the courts that they were catering to the, to the king and eventually to the army, they were doctors first and then, or medicinal men, and then they became cooks. So being a, the word in Farsi is ashpaz, ashpaz, is highly, highly, highly regarded in, in, in a culinary, not just in the culinary sense. Later on, the meaning changed and it just became like a cook, but, but it was highly regarded as a very important profession because you have the health of people in your hands. And slow cooking preserves things. Like if you cook meat quickly, saute, let's say, quick chunks of beef or lamb, you, it's delicious. You can eat it right away, but in half an hour or an hour after, bacteria starts growing. But if you cook it slowly with onion, turmeric, these are all become preservative, garlic, and then they lose and you kill all the bacteria and then they become a form of preservation. And then especially if you add a lot of Iranian food has acid, you add another layer of protection. Like, again, a lot of Iranian food has cinnamon and nowadays we all started learning about the properties of these spices they are medicine as well as they are delicious and they they enhance our food experience so 
Iranian food and all this slow cooking food have this property of preservation. And um, when you have, you have to feed a family and there is abundance today, but that is not something tomorrow. It's not like the, the system that then you call somebody and bring you everything in half an hour. You need to have cured meat. You need to have smoked fish. You need to have, you need to plan. You need to plan for your life and uh, for livelihood and sustenance. And um, when I was growing up, I, I, I have an amazing mother who was a meticulous cook and very passionate uh, person in terms of feeding us the right things. And everything was either cooked right away or preserved or salted or pickled, or if none of that, marmalade of some kind and or or dried fruits and vegetables because here was winter is coming and she wanted to make sure that we have everything. I have a couple of quick questions. First of all, just what's the word for a, an experienced cook or a cook who, who acts as a doctor also? The actual word is ashpaz. Ashpaz is, uh, that's a general word, but if you look at the historical references from the past, this word was used as a compliment, as an honor. Uh, over the course of years, like even I became Ashpaz, like as a home cook, but it doesn't have the same lofty weight as it used to. But if you go back to the historical notes that left from the court time, uh, Ashpaz, were, they were trusted and highly regarded um, individuals who not everybody could get to that point. You know, I wanted to say something about the slow cooking versus fast cooking thing, which is interesting, not only because what the science is of slow cooked food with acid in it and with and maybe anti-inflammatants like turmeric or ginger, but what what is true is that if you cook food fast, as you say, if you grill some meat, it's not so much that it's deteriorating from a health perspective or whatever a half an hour later. It's just the the peak of flavor is gone. Absolutely. It's best to eat stuff that you cook quickly pretty much right away. And I remember the first time I was in um, the Middle East and South Asia, and I was amazed because the good restaurants had what we used to call steam tables. I mean, I guess it's, that's the word, you know, food in a tray being kept warm and the food was delicious. And in the United States, when people were putting food on steam tables, you always knew it was like the worst food imaginable. But <laughs> yeah. um, the first time it was Turkey, the first time I was in Turkey and the food was on steam tables, I realized this is, I do cook that way. I had cooked that way. But I thought, actually, it's true that if you if you cook something very slowly or if you cook it in the pressure cooker, which is sort of the same effect... It does keep forever. It really does keep forever. And you could keep it warm. You can refrigerate it and reheat it. The whole thing about stews being better the second day and and so on. All of that's true. So it's a I mean, it's an interesting perspective. And also one one more thing that I'm always excited about the slow cooked food. And I teach my cooks when I when I train someone. We start with a ton of onions and then start layering because that's what slow cooking is about. After onion is the garlic or the turmeric or whatever, ginger, and we just start layering. And then the vegetables come and the beans, beans comes first and then vegetables. I keep reminding them, smell what you're sauteing, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. 
And then once you layer something else, smell again and just educate your nostril, your nose, your sense of smelling. And then by adding, keep a smelling. And then as, as the moment arrives that you can actually start tasting your food and adjusting seasoning until the finish, keep tasting. It's almost like magic. What you started with has nothing to do with end results. And to me, it's fascinating. Same thing. Same thing for me. Yesterday, I, I was just away. I hadn't cooked in two weeks, and I came back, and I had no idea what I was going to do, and there wasn't a lot of stuff in the house, but I put shallot and garlic and chopped celery, and uh, there was a fourth thing. Anyway, the simplest aromatics in a pan, and started cooking, and I was like, oh, wow, this is so yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> it just smelled so good so fast. Yeah, exactly. Um, can you give us an example of some of your favorite dishes from Sofre or some of your favorite dishes from your life? Some of the things you're talking about more specifically? So I don't necessarily have a favorite, favorite food because I love food so much that any food, even outside of my cuisine that I, I travel a lot for food, when it's well done, any kind of food is amazing. When, when people give care and time, but I personally prefer vegetables and beans and rice. Those are my stable. And I love, love, love yogurt and bread. And I have also started a chapter with bread and yogurt in my book. Because to me, if I have a good yogurt and a good bread, I'm done. Like literally. I can add some cucumber, some tomato, and a little bit of, you know, red onion. I call it a meal. And maybe like lightly poach an egg, put it in. I'm a very simple eater, but everything has to be right. It should be good yogurt, it should be good bread. But then I start thinking about feeding my guests and audience and my kids. And these are all ideas. And I start thinking outside of my simple, simple way of nourishing myself. By the time I was thinking, I had a good experience, a range of what my typical American guest would like. And I started catering my ideas towards their palate without any kind of compromise. And then I started curating the menu, the very first menu. One perfectly done chicken dish, one perfectly done fish dish, one perfectly done like stew, and then few vegetables. And then start like all these beautiful dips that all Middle East have, like with the yogurt, lots of lots of yogurt and good salads, of course. So and I think the same way when I have a dinner party. I, I see it as a whole event. From the moment people want to walk in, they should have what they should have to the point that they are leaving. And I don't want to overcrowd my table. And, but because Iranian food takes so much time, I made sure that in my cookbook, or at least verbally, explain to them how actually becomes a very nice to entertain because all you have to do think of your guests instead of coming Friday think of them they come on Thursday you cook everything on Thursday they taste much better on Friday and even your rice you parboil the rice you assemble your rice you set up your table your guests ring the bell you turn on your stove top and your rice the bottom is perfectly crispy and I say these steps in my cookbook as much as I can. So headache-free, hassle-free, glorious. As they come, you start repeating your stew. 
So the guests enjoy that aroma as they walk in and they keep saying, oh my God, what's it smelling so good? So to answer, I didn't answer you properly maybe because I don't have a favorite dish. I just try to minimize using meat, especially red meat, for both health reasons. And also I don't like the way in this culture we are consuming meat. When I make a stew, not unfortunately as souffle because my guests have a different expectation. Uh, when I cook a stew for my home, for five of us, for five of us, I use less than a pound of meat, not even a pound. With bones and everything, it's one pound. I use meat as flavoring agent, not that you get a big chunk of meat in your plate and you chew on it. Everybody gets a little tiny piece. So I eat a lot of vegetables. I find them more interesting, especially the way we cook in Iranian cuisine by layering them and by adding beans of all kinds and grains to make it wholesome. Um, I did want to switch gears a little bit and talk about Iran and coming here and, and so on. You left Iran in the 80s, which of course was a time of turmoil and yeah. women's roles were diminished and textbooks were purged. Um, your mother was forced to retire because she wouldn't conform. The universities were all closed. You had friends who were imprisoned and even executed. Can you tell us a little bit about that and to the extent that food played a role in those days, what that was like? Yeah, I was I was a student at the law school uh, at that time. I was politically active against the existing regime, um, like everybody else. The whole country decided to have a revolution. And I was uh, 18 or 19 years old when revolution began. I was quite active and really firmly believed that we needed change. We needed more equality. What happened afterwards, revolution happened, and I was a senior in the law school. I always dreamed about becoming a judge. I, my interest for law was mostly on the judging part. Very naive young person's interpretation of what the role of a judge should be or law actually in the country, now that I look back. So I was a student in the university and revolution happened. And um, among many, many changes that came quickly afterwards, uh, completely unexpected, was in addition to wearing hijab and following the Islamic rule of law at that point, one of the main orders that they came that women can't be judged anymore based on the law. And to me, this was a huge blow. I just, I was just like, what? I called my father and uh, I basically said, get me out of here. <laughs> I just, I, I see, I can't have a job. I can't have a profession. I can't have a life. But shortly after the revolution, uh, all the universities were shut down by the government. And we had about almost two years of cultural revolution that we were all sitting idle waiting for universities to be open. Among those years, it was a very hard time because people were executing. And every day we would hear somebody died, somebody was in prison. It was just really, really hard time. And war happened with Iran and Iraq. So, and around that time, I knew that I'm leaving the country. It was just a matter of how and who's going to help. And eventually, at as the revolution, the universities were beginning to open by the government and a wave of arrest and persecution began, I was already out of the country. It was 1983, 
that I finally made it to U.S. Uh, as a student to continue. I mean, I was going to continue law, but quickly I realized by the time I got here, I had no interest in law, but also I had no money to pursue law. I found out how expensive law is here. In Iran, was cheap, was free, actually, essentially. So, yeah, I came here and uh, started my life as a student and hustling all kinds of jobs, making ends meet, and going to university. But also what kept me going and really showed me who I eventually became the love and passion for cooking. I did read something where you'd said that when you moved to the U.S., you didn't think much of the food in Iran, but coming to the U.S. changed your perspective. So it did. I love that. I mean, I love that that's what changed your perspective on the food that you grew up with and made you appreciate it more. It's really nice. Yeah, especially as, uh, you know, in the beginning, you're thinking when you're young and your whole perception is different, but by the time I had my kids and I was not a desperate poor you know, student and I went back home and then my whole eyes opened after nine years of being in this country, forming a different life, being stable, I went back home and then I saw the extent of the color, the joy, the, the sharing in our cuisine, in our, in our culture. You never sit down and eat alone. It's like, why would you do that? It's pointless. But you share with your neighbors. Neighbors share their food with you. And all these abundance of food coming to our door just simply because I came as a guest and the whole neighborhood mobilized. Is somebody bringing you marmalade? Somebody bringing you their pickle? And they're all so proud of it. And I was just like, wow, I need to learn this more. I need to study this. I need to document. This is incredible. I hadn't, for me, I, I, I took it so much for granted what it was before leaving. And when I came back, that void brought so much appreciation. It sounds like you're younger. You described yourself as naive, but your younger idealistic self would be approving of where you've gotten to now. I think so too. I was thinking about it. Yeah, I was. Yeah, because it's amazing how life curveballs um, in the beginning, they look like really horrible, how this could happen to us. And then you're looking back 10 years later, that was a blessing. That was a blessing. And you and I know we are kind of close in age, but it, you just know that what seemed like as a horrible thing, it, 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 I mean, it was amazing. I, I owe so much of what I do now and how I live my day. Basically, I'm practicing my home and my country and the country I grew up to a newfound home that I call it home now. So it's just like, it's amazing to have homes in two places that you call you're equally connected, taught, connected, like fully connected. I am connected to my Brooklyn neighborhood. I know almost two thirds of my guests on a regular basis saying, hello, I know their kids. And then I also go back home and I know the food, I know the culture. And uh, I'm practicing that here. Such a blessing. Just to have that perspective, it's very unique. It is very unique. Um, I think every immigrant can, can share my sentiments. We all, nobody just picks up their bags and they say, let me uproot where I am and who I am and what I know and what's familiar to discover. 
maybe some people do, but majority of people are kind of pushed to make these very hard decisions. And they come with some ideals, let's say to America, could be anywhere. They come with this hope and drive and also fear. Many people run away from persecution, hardship, and they just come and they put, they give everything they have to make the, the new experience much more meaningful than the past experience. I can't speak about everyone, but for me, in terms of happiness, I'm not particularly a jolly person. Wake up and say, God, life is great. But I'm a, no, I, it's just not me. Like, look at my face. It's just I can't do something wrong. Look at that. But I'm a very grateful person. I always think about past, now. I don't even know future. And I always in that moment think past is past. You're here. You don't know the next step. Just live with it. And happiness, I have defined it. Now that I look back and I'm mature, I can maybe verbalize it. Happiness is fleeting moment. Like you can be happy if you just give me an amazing news. I'm happy for a moment. And then, but a meaningful joy that people may experience and long-lasting is overcoming obstacles that life keeps throwing at you no matter where you are. If you are in Iran in war or here, you're getting, your face is life, let's face it. You're getting, you're basically go through life. It's like, and then overcoming those obstacles, it gives a long-lasting not happiness, but appreciation of who you are. We will be back in just a minute with more from Nassim Alakani. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Have you ever bought something, owned something that really inspired you to up your game? A tennis racket, a new pair of running shoes, a new piece of cooking equipment that made you just want to cook your brains out? I know that when I first started cooking on induction burners, I just couldn't stop. It was so much fun. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of the features that are available on this car include dynamic sky panorama glass roof, front row massaging seats, you know you want that, available 33-inch all-terrain tires, which you will want when you check out the multi-terrain select. These are really great features, the kind of features that will make you proud and happy to own a Lexus GX. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX, luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. We're all drinking more water these days, and we're all concerned that we're drinking safe, clean, unpolluted water. Yet, according to our friends at the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in the United States have harmful contaminants in their tap water. That's why it's worth checking out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. They remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, you know, those forever chemicals, in your water supply. PFAS, by the way, is found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. AquaTrue has water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. Their proprietary purification technology is independently tested to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAS, nitrates, and many, many others. The filters are affordable and long-lasting, and they do not need changing every two or three months like so many others. They last from six months to up to two years. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water, less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you won't be buying bottled water, and it'll save the environment from tons of single-use plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and makes a great gift. Today, listeners to Food with Mark Bittman receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code Bittman at checkout. For 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier, go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code Bittman, B-I-T-T-M-A-N. been a very colorful story in a way, simply because Iran has been, maybe it's because of the country. The country has been through so much since 1979. It's not a day. Some days I'm so happy when I don't see any headline in U.S. media. 
covering Iran. When I don't see Iran's name, I take a deep breath. I'm like, thank God, we are not in the news today. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, especially the last few months um, with the women's movement and the whole country. And finally, I think the world is seeing us not as a bunch of hostage takers. See us for who we are. We are people. We want quality of life. We want basic rights. For me, it's very easy. I have it. I have it here. I'm very, very fortunate that I have a, a woman's basic rights. Still, I don't know in a few years what may happen, but I still feel like but half the country, most of the country, don't have this access. And um, kind of finally, everybody saw it. And um, they also see the resilience and the beauty of it. These uh, young women, I, I haven't been back since last summer. The last time I was there was in August of last year. And then a few months after all the turmoil started happening. And I haven't been back. But every time I went back to Iran, I was blown away by the persistence and the perseverance of our female population. It's too bad that they have that specific reason for their drive, but they're doing right by it. Yes, they do. So it's pretty incredible. I guess women have always sort of, all women have always sort of had that that backstory to some extent. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. I, um, I have incredible, many, many stories for another time from my grandmothers of all sides. It's universal. You, you, you go everywhere in the world, you see what women have to put up with, and um, they do. Somehow they just get up and say, okay, that's what we have to do, that's what we do. And on top of it, let's we have to we have an army to feed. We have hungry kids and a very hungry husband or whatever a father to feed. And they do. And that's amazing. That's one thing right now with the James Beard. I hope, first of all, I'm just so honored to be in that position to even be mentioned by James Beard. And now I'm thinking every time people ask me, so what is that? Like I'm like, finally I get to talk about the woman cooks all over the world with my background, which is home background. But isn't all the food started from home? Like all these fancy restaurants and chefs and all of it didn't start with some mother or grandmother or auntie somewhere along the way. And yeah, we mentioned the names. We say, great, you know, this recipe is from my aunt or my grandma. But do we really understand where our food and our sustenance have come about? from all over the world. I'm not saying much because the two of you are speaking so eloquently about something that is more your business and less mine. But um, I will just bring this back to what you said a little while ago, which is that a, a lot of it is just about facing obstacles and overcoming them. I mean, life is a struggle and it's historically more of a struggle for women than for men, for sure, but it's a struggle for everyone, and it is about confronting your obstacles and trying to overcome them repeatedly and hoping that the arc of history is toward progress, as they say. Yeah, my father said something years ago. Years ago, we were talking about male and female. I said, I made an immature comment that you guys are so lucky. I met my father, my brothers, my uncles, and you're free. My father said, 
we are as free as our female of the population. And I didn't get it right away when he said it. But then years later, I understood that how could one part of the country be free, half the country and the other half? No, it's just, I understood. I totally understood what he, he said in that simple sentence. Well, he sounds wonderful. And thank you for that. And really, thank you for all your time today. We just have one more question, which we ask everybody. What did you have for dinner last night? There is a dish at Sofre that, although I have been cooking it for five years every day, and it gets, anybody would have gotten bored with it, but every time I don't know what to eat, this is my go-to last night. It's a smoked egg blend with poached eggs. I love eggs, and I love anything smoky, and I had that with a piece of bread, and it's it's, it's amazing. It's still really satisfying. I, I am shocked how, how I'm not bored with it. So I had that last night. And then I came home and I had more yogurt. Yogurt for me is like ending. It's like ice cream for some people. For me, it's just like a big, and we make our own yogurt. So I make my own yogurt. So it's always fresh. So that's what I had the dinner at the, at the sofa. I just had a quick bite. And then I came home, some yogurt, a little bit of honey. And that was, that was it. Sounds great. That sounds perfect. Thank you for spending some time with us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for a thoughtful conversation. Thank you. Thank yes, you, Nassim. Thank you for that, My too. My pleasure. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. I wanted to share this specific recipe from Sofra, Nassim's new cookbook, because it spoke to me as soon as I saw it. It's date scrambled eggs, and I am a huge fan of medjool dates, which this recipe features. And it seems like the perfect sweet and salty combination. So here it is. And you can also find it online at bitmanproject.com. So you'll need one large yellow onion, thinly sliced, light olive oil, one teaspoon ground turmeric, two tablespoons of salted butter, Eight large medjool dates pitted and thinly sliced, the best. Four to six large eggs, two tablespoons of heavy cream, one tablespoon of kosher salt, one tablespoon of freshly ground black pepper, and two tablespoons of chopped walnuts toasted for garnish. Those are optional. You're going to add the onions and four tablespoons of olive oil to a large, heavy-bottomed pot with a tight-fitting lid and saute over medium heat, adding more oil if needed, so that the onions turn golden, their edges darken, and they soften about five to seven minutes. Add the turmeric, a bit more oil, and stir, allowing the turmeric to bloom and release its fragrance about one minute more. Remove some of the onions to reserve for garnish, leaving the rest in the pot. Add the butter, dates, and two tablespoons of water to help soften the dates to the pot and saute over medium heat for one minute. Whisk the eggs with the cream in a mixing bowl and add them to the pot along with the salt and pepper. Lower the heat, cover the pot, and cook for a few minutes, taking care not to overcook the eggs. Serve the eggs garnished with the reserved onions and toasted walnuts if you like. Thank you to Nassim Alikani, who is honest and thoughtful and whose passion for cooking is contagious. Her new book, Sofre, is out now. Follow Sofre on Instagram and Twitter at 
Sofre underscore Brooklyn. That's S as in Sam. O, F as in Frank, R, E, H underscore Brooklyn. Thank you to Mark. Thank you to our amazing engineer, Davis Lloyd. Thank you to you. Again, if you can review us on Apple, we would so appreciate it. And we are back next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.